Hey there everyone, it's Brian again here with another episode of Good Morning Brian, and we're just going to keep it going. we got another episode for you on the Boston Marathon miniseries I'm doing, highlighting the women's pro field. And today I'm talking to Joanna Thompson, who's part of the On Zap Endurance team. And yeah, she'll be at Boston, and we kind of just talk about her morning routines, kind of her her history in the sport and kind of how she keeps it going being a professional athlete but also balancing um, having a career going into journalism and I, I just had a great time talking with her and can't wait to see her on the start line and enjoy the episode sweet let's do it When I started out as a freshman, um, my my first 5K was like, you know, 24 and a half minutes. Um, I was not the kid that you would have picked um, out of a lineup and said like, you know, find uh, the future pro runner. Um, yeah. So it was definitely um, a pretty steep learning curve, um, but it was yeah. also fun. Yeah. And having that success in high school, did you want to run in college? Because did you run in college or that's when it you did. kind of took it through? Uh, no. So I, I ran at NC state in college. Um, okay. um, and I was actually, um, you know, I, I did pretty well, um, made all American three times, uh, twice in cross country and once in track. Um, and, you know, was fortunate enough to then qualify for the 2016 Olympic trials with a half marathon, um, the marathon. Trials. Um, yeah. And because of that, um, you know, was offered a position on uh, the team that I'm currently with, uh, which is called Zap Endurance. Nice. And I know currently with that, you were like you left the team and then like, did you come back to the team or how did how did? No. So um, I, again, got really fortunate. Um, so my boyfriend and I both run for Zap um, and he let's see, he had been there since 2013, I think. And I started in 2016. Um, but I always wanted to go to graduate school and I kind of put that on hold, um, yeah. you know, to really go all in on pro running for four years. Um, I gave myself a one Olympic cycle. Um, and then when I told my coach, you know, um, because Zap, Zap is, um, Zap is really incredible. Um, but it is in the middle of nowhere, um, in the mountains of North Carolina. Um, okay. Uh, so it's, you know, not exactly the best place to be. Um, if you're trying to break into the industry that I'm in now, which is journalism. Um, Got it. So, yeah, I, and you're, and you're, and you're still in grad school. Um, grad I just school. finished actually. Oh, congratulations. Nice. <laughs> Thank you. But yeah, when I, when I told my coach, you know, Hey, I'm thinking about going to grad school. Um, I completely understand if this is a deal breaker for, you know, being on the team. Um, he was super supportive and, you know, basically said like, now we, we want to keep, um, both you and, and your boyfriend on the roster. So, you know, nice. um, if you guys end up moving somewhere, you know, we'll still, um, also coach you and we'll still support you. Um, so yeah, I've, got the chance to keep competing and it's been great. 
Yeah, because I, I came across your like your website and then as you're scrolling, you're like, oh, here's my running blog too. And then I kind of just got like lost in that. And I know you were talking about like, yes, moving away and potentially like not like being supported anymore. But then, yeah, it sounds like they're like, no, we'll still, we'll still keep you on, which is amazing. You're able to do the two. Obviously it's a lot of work, but I mean, you're just doing it because you want to enjoy running and want to make it happen. And so I guess, how did um, that first trials go for you? Because I know you ran at the 2020 trials also. Um, and we're two different experiences because in the 2020, you did, did you DNF? I, I did. Yeah. So I guess we could talk about kind of like the experience from the two and kind of the mindset, like morning routine kind of tie into each other, kind of kind of if you were to compare the two going into it yeah. oh man that's that's a really because I when, when I look at like your timeline you have like 2016 like you're out of college you're you're running for in zap and because then you have a really good performance at the 2018 um Boston Marathon mm-hmm. where you get top 10 which is incredible and when you look at the conditions from 2018, it's just insane. It's like, it looks horrible, fun, and amazing at the same time. Um, That's a good way to describe it. <laughs> so, and then you have, yeah, 2020 where you DNF. So it's like three completely different kind of races. So I guess starting with the 2016 trials kind of mindset going into it. Yeah. So... 2016 was my my first marathon um because as I said I actually qualified with a half marathon um and you know I was just I was you know very young for a marathon runner um and I I really had no idea what I was doing um and again that's not my coach's fault like he has a lot of experience um and he knows what he's doing but I was kind of going in with the mindset of like, oh yeah, well, you know, I, I ran a half marathon and that was easy. So like a full marathon is going to be like, I'm going, I'm going slower. It'll be fine. Um, and I, I kind of just really did not respect the distance. Um, and I will say it was also, um, so the trials that year were in February or yeah, they were in February in Los Angeles. Um, which in my mind, I was like, well, you know, it's LA, but it's February. So it'll be fairly cool. Um, it got up to 84 degrees, uh, which During- as you know, in a marathon, yeah, is uh, very warm. Um, oh, yeah. So basically I went out, you know, in not quite the top group, but like, you know, close enough to the top group that I was, I was clicking off um, a pace that I had no business trying to hit um, and got to mile 19 ran my fastest mile of the race and then just fell off (laughs) yeah it went from you know running along feeling great so like absolutely shuffling um yeah yeah, that that like yeah that happened my first marathon it was mile like 21 and i was on pace because like my coach was like hey we have a 10-week window before we have to submit times for Boston because I wanted to do this year 
and I went from like no training to trying to go like 258. <laughs> I was on pace until 21 and then just yeah. shut down. It's brutal. Um, so yeah, you, you know how it is where yeah. it takes every ounce of strength you have just to finish. Um, <laughs> so but, that was my yeah, first marathon experience. Nice. And so <laughs> it's always like, not everyone goes through it, but the ones that do, yeah, it definitely humbles you and like, okay, I get it now. Like I respect the distance. Um, and so going into like, yeah, so you were young going into the six, the 16 trials and blowing up and you're like, okay, after that kind of, what did you learn? What was the, I guess the path? Cause you went from a, it was like 254 for your uh, trials in 16 and you ran almost 10 minutes faster in like Boston in 2018. So kind of what changed from like there besides really just being more experienced? Um, yeah, I, I definitely had to take a couple years to recover, um, and kind of give myself amnesia. Um, so I forgot how much it hurt. Um, but I, I really do think it was just a matter of like learning to be patient with myself and learning that, um, you know, with the marathon, like truly the race doesn't start until mile 20. Um, so you're kind of just getting to that point and then you can race, um, as opposed to being, you know, like go mode from the gun. Um, you kind of just have to zone out for the three quarters. Exactly. So um, yeah, I learned how to be a little bit more Zen about it. And how is like, cause I know we, we all get into like, mindsets going like going into races or like going into like key workouts that are marathon specific um has there been anything because i know you've talked about i like went like pretty i just kept scrolling in your running blog and you you can let me know if like we don't have to touch on this like your uh, what you call it your panic disorder and kind oh of yeah <laughs> clicking the the panic button how kind of like running has helped you um, implement like uh, mindfulness and meditation and kind of how does that like tie into I guess how much of like an importance was it back then versus like now yeah so that's actually um, <clears throat> you know something that um, that I still think about a lot and still have to you know manage occasionally but um, weirdly for me I think I realized um, going to grad school and having to implement a little bit more structure and more of a routine has, um, I think helped me manage my, uh, my anxiety and like panic disorder better than, um, than even when I was running professionally full-time. Um, just because there isn't as much time during the day where I'm sitting around getting in my own head and, you know, like overthinking like, oh, well, you know, should I have run harder in that workout or, you know, did I overdo the mileage this week or, you know, what, what is everybody else doing? You know, that sort of thing. Now I can just, um, when I have a couple hours to go run, that's like my time during the day to run. And I can just put my whole self into it and really enjoy being in the moment. Um, and then, you know, come home and be like, okay, now it's time to, you know, 
do some journalism, talk to some scientists or whatever, and um, really like um, have a little bit more separation, you know, have two different modes that I can go into. And they both kind of help um, relieve stress from the other one. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Because like some days I'll go into work at most days 11, and then some days two. And I'm like, two o'clock, like, that's almost the whole day. And so yeah, if I don't, like plan my day out and like fill, I mean, it's like good and bad. Some days, like I just really need to do nothing. Mm-hmm. And some days it's like, I need to fill this time because usually it's like, okay, running will be like the first thing I do in the morning and then I get X, Y, Z done. But when I have too much time and there's no structure, I'm like, oh, I'll just keep putting it off or the work doesn't get done. So it's like, yeah, similar things we're having kind of like, my podcast to work on. I have work and then I have the marathon. So it's just like different lives that I could kind of escape from. Totally. We all wish like, we think, oh, I want to put all my time into one thing, which a lot of pro athletes do, but at least for me, and it sounds like you too. It's good to like have the separation. Um, right. Right. And you know, that's the thing. Like, um, putting, putting all of your time and energy into one thing, like that works really well for some people. But, um, I think for me, like, um, realizing that that wasn't necessarily going to work for me and that actually, you know, um, spreading out my energy a little bit more, um, is going to help me maximize my running potential. Like that was, um, you know, it it was a tough lesson to learn because it was like, oh man, I'm in this great situation with, uh, these great teammates that I love training with. Um, but, uh, you know, sometimes you have to just recognize the way that your brain operates and, um, and realize that that's okay. You know, you can, you can make it work your way and, um, it doesn't have to be like one or the other. Yeah. And so now that you graduated, what is the, your kind of like day to day I know you're saying like I'll go for my run and then I'll spend time just kind of have you have you found like an actual job journaling or you kind of just do it like freelance or like how does that like how does that tie in so right now I have a fellowship at Scientific American um so that's been uh filling a lot of my time um and it's something that I'm personally incredibly excited about because I'm a total nerd and I've been reading scientific American since I was little. Um, so it's kind of like a, it's like a dream fellowship. Um, but yeah, thanks. Um, so I'm doing that for the next, um, let's see, I've been doing that for three months now and I'm going to be doing it for another three months at least. Um, I'm also assistant coaching at NYU. Um, so that really helps get me up in the morning. Um, you know, definitely. Well, especially yeah. knowing like there's other people kind of counting on you to. Absolutely. That's so and fun. Being around, like, yeah, being around collegiate athletes too is, um, it's a really good energy because they're all super excited to be there. And, you know, they're like, um, on this steep, tra- uh, trajectory where they're taking time off every week, um, in their races. So I get to be excited about their success and, you know, watching them grow and, it reminds me of what I really fell in love with in the sport. Um, so that, that's been another really good, uh, source of, you know, positive energy in my life. Um, and then 
yeah, I'm doing a couple of other little freelance gigs on the side that are writing related. Um, but I'm actually out in Colorado Springs right now, um, taking a little, taking a little break and training, um, at altitude with my teammates, um, which I'm again, super grateful that I get the opportunity to to do, you know? Um, yeah. And so kind of during this, like, not downtime, but like time where you get to like disconnect. Um, what do you find yourself as far as like being your morning routine and like, like saying, okay, like I'm done with grad school. Like I'm running Boston. Like what do I want to kind of achieve? And I guess how far out do you like make goals and kind of assess? Yeah, I, I like to be pretty organized. Um, with my training, especially. So, you know, I kind of, um, I'll make micro goals, um, you know, every week, like say, okay, I want to be within this range of mileage. Um, I want to make sure that I focus on really knocking this long run out of the park. Um, or, you know, I want to make sure that I'm getting enough rest, um, that sort of thing. Um, and then, you know, the, the mega goal, I guess, at the end is, uh, the race. Um, but that's the kind of thing that, um, for me, I think focusing on smaller goals on the way to the race, um, makes it feel a lot more manageable, you know, because then you can kind of see that like incremental progress. Um, and you can look back and say, Oh, you know, this pace was hard six weeks ago, but now it feels easy. Um, so that sort of thing really helps in the day to day. Um, and then in terms of like a morning routine, you know, I like to wake up a little bit early and give myself plenty of time to like, um, you know, grab some coffee, grab a piece of toast, um, you know, maybe do a little bit of reading, maybe do a little bit of writing. Um, but like, yeah, a solid hour or so before I have to start heading out the door. And before, I guess, cause I've, I've talked to some people and sometimes like the morning of a race, I mean, it's kind of the same for like big workouts in some cases, but is there anything that you realize you do differently than all the other days that you normally wouldn't? Um, not too much. Um, I definitely wake up a little bit earlier. Um, I, I try to keep it pretty consistent, but, um, the one thing I do that I've done since high school, and this is stupid, but, um, I always have an everything bagel on race day morning. Um, I don't know why. Exactly. I, it's kind of a like good luck ritual. Um, so yeah, if I, if I eat an everything bagel, then I, I feel like I'm ready to run fast. I have the same thing with Mediterranean food the day before the race. Awesome. I remember I, it wasn't even a race. It was just like, Oh, it was like a big long run with like a bunch of marathon pace in the middle. And I had Mediterranean food like the night before. I remember that next day just feeling so good. And then now (laughs) before every like either big workout or yeah, race, I've I've had Mediterranean food. So now I just kind of keep that (laughs) for whatever reason. Hey, if it works, it works, you know? And it does work. And so I guess for someone in your kind of in your shoes where they just like they've been running professionally or they're kind of like trying to make that leap to go professional, but they also don't want to 
like disregard kind of like their goals and like wanting to actually like have something outside of running, what advice would you give them to like, yeah, you can do both, but here's kind of what you should like look out for and yeah, what's best. Um, I'd say you can, you can absolutely do both. Um, I, I think it is important to like make sure that you're still maintaining like a, a balance between running and work and like having, you know, a social life and, you know, relationships and that kind of thing. Um, and I know this is like, this might sound insane, but, um, you know, I, I make sure that I schedule out time to spend like with my friends and with my boyfriend and with my cats during the week, you know, um, just so I can hold myself accountable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I, I definitely, um, I have some like perfectionist tendencies. I think a lot of runners do. Um, I have some workaholic tendencies. So keeping that in check um, is huge because, you know, like I feel so much better and so much happier when I'm uh, investing in the relationships that really matter in my life, you know? Mm-hmm. No, I agree. And yeah, I mean, it's kind of, yeah, I'm pretty sure there's multiple people in your shoes and thanks. Thanks so much for sharing and kind of what's the plan? I guess we're like less than a month out, right? From Boston. Yeah. Yeah. About three and a half weeks, I think. How's the, how's the training been? How, 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 how big was your block? I guess, when did you kind of start for it? Um, so we usually do 10 week blocks. Um, okay. So I guess I started in like the middle of January. Um, but or late January technically. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall it's been really good. Um, I had a slight hiccup with, um, like a, a knee injury, um, just soft tissue stuff, um, mostly stemming from my it band. Um, but I've been getting treatment on that and, um, you know, knock on wood, it hasn't really been, um, a disruption, you know, in the last couple of weeks. So, um, did that, yeah. Did that flare up after uh, the New York City marathon, or was it kind of? Did you, did you kind of have it in the in the back? It kind of it kind of flared up on me about um, six weeks into the training block. I guess um, I was supposed to run this half marathon down in Tennessee, um, and I had tweaked my knee doing a workout earlier in the week, but I didn't really think anything of it. You know. It was like one of those where you're like, oh, that's weird. I must have just stepped wrong or something. Yeah. Um, so I thought like, oh, I'll, you know, I'll ice it and um, get some anti-inflammatories and I'll be fine. Um, and then I got about three miles into this half marathon and it was just like totally locked up on me. And I was like, well, if I keep going, I might screw up my whole block. So I'm going to make the call and be careful with this. Um, so yeah, um, it's kind of a bummer that I didn't get to finish that one, but I think it was the right move. Um, cause you know, ultimately like getting to the starting line of Boston is more important than, uh, you know, finishing a, a tune up race because your pride yeah. is on the line. <laughs> yeah, I totally, I totally agree. Um, yeah, I can't wait to see you on the start line. Are you are you are you feeling good going into this? Because you ran a was it two thirty nine in New York? Yep. 
are you trying to go sub 239 or was that a PR for you? Um, it was actually, yeah. Nice. Um, thanks. Yeah. Um, yeah. The goal I think is, um, you know, somewhere in the 236 range, um, okay. fingers crossed, uh, you know, everything, everything so far workout wise, other than that knee hiccup has been good. So I'm, uh, feeling pretty confident going in. Um, but you know, if it doesn't pan out at Boston, then there's always another race. <laughs> always another race. Well, I can't wait to watch. I'll be excited. We'll see what the conditions are like. That's always hey. a, that's always a fun, fun one. Um, better than 2018. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. Um, but yeah, thanks so much, Joanna. And I, I can't wait to see you race in Boston. No, thank you. It's great to meet you. You too. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, bye. Yep. Hey, everyone. I just want to say I appreciate it, you taking the time out of your day to listen in to my conversation with Joanna. I'm super grateful and hope you have a great rest of the day. If you took anything from this episode, please um, like it rate it, send to a friend, you know the drill. I appreciate you and I hope you have a good day. See ya.